Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I'm, as always, very excited to be here today. Um, I want to start again with talking about what's making me lit up this week because this is Lit AF after all. And um, two things come to mind. One, I gave myself a haircut. Of course, I just watched a YouTube video. Um, It actually turned out like okay. Like it wasn't terrible. I haven't gotten any compliments on my wonderful cut job. So, you know, it's neither terrible. We have to go find someone immediately to give me a backyard cut. Um, nor is it, uh, absolutely amazing. I need to start being a hairdresser. Awesome. (laughs) So that is making me very happy. Um, and another thing that's making me very happy is last night I did, a full moon ceremony with a few friends, and it was so delightful. Um, If you've never done a full moon ceremony, it's just kind of reflecting on the past month, harnessing the power of the moon, which of course is divine feminine energy, and then um, kind of looking forward to what's ahead for the next month. So it's like a really nice, even marker to go through the year for like, you know, personal stuff, which is really, really cool. This full moon in particular, I don't know what kind it is, but it is epically gorgeous. I just went camping last weekend again and spent three nights under this amazing, amazing moon. Um, and it's beautiful. So if you live in a place where it's gorgeous and clear, take a look up into the skies tonight and enjoy yourself some full moon vibes. And uh, I'm really excited for today's guest. She is my business coach. I'm a part of her um, group coaching program called List Builders. Her name is Jane Hamill. And she has her own podcast called Jane Hamill Podcast. And if you are an entrepreneur or thinking about starting a business, have you already started a business? I highly, highly recommend checking it out. She focuses on retail, but I don't think it's limited at all to just retail. It can be online services and so much more. So um, highly recommend checking her out. And I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you prefer watching the video of the interview as opposed to listening to this podcast, you can check out our YouTube channel, which is um, linked below, and that way you can enjoy it in video format. All right, everyone. I'm so excited to welcome Jane Hamill to the Lit AF show. Jane is a former clothing designer and, and Chicago boutique owner. She ran a wholesale and retail business for many years, selling her products to Bloomingdale, Saks, Macy's, and many more. Now, Jane runs a monthly coaching program called List Builders, of which I am a member of. She teaches creative entrepreneurs and business owners how to market and sell more products. She just launched her new program called List Builders. She also hosts a podcast called the Jane Hamill Podcast, which I highly recommend. Welcome to the show, Jane. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's yeah. good to be here. Oh, good. I'm so excited. Okay, so let's dive right in. Um, go ahead. Let, please tell us about your background, both in clothing design, running a boutique, doing wholesale, and then how did you use all of that kind of you know um, experience to get into coaching? It's awesome. So I was born a small child. <laughs> Listen up. Take notes. No. Okay. So when I was 25 years old, I was like. I don't want to get a job. Like I had one job out of college. I went to FIT and I was able to steal, I mean, borrow $25,000 from two uncles to start a business um, called Jane Hamill because I'm super clever with my business names. Totally. And I opened up a retail <laughs> store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I opened up a boutique in Chicago. I'd gone to FIT in New York. And so I knew how to like design clothes and I didn't know anything about business. I didn't really know anything, Sarah, but I had $25,000 and a dream sister. Amazing. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So when I'm 25, I open up this store, I design everything in the shop and it was great. Like I, I had an amazing first launch of friends and family. We have a big Southside Irish Chicago family. So all the cousins came and their friends and they shopped. And then like four weeks later, I had no customers whatsoever. And I was like, what the, I've had really Whoa. great spot. 
in Chicago in Lincoln Park. Um, oh my god, amazing! Uh, yeah, top notch, top notch, rent all the things, but I didn't have any customers. So Don't mind my I husband just go. creeping behind. Sorry. <laughs> That's so normal. Oh my god, have fun. <laughs> That's what makes it a great podcast, dude. Right? It's real. Funny, it's dude. real life. <laughs> He's masked up. He looks so cute. Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> Hopefully, you won't have like a naked teenager running around. <laughs> we'll see. I love but, it. It's my kid, by the way. Not anything creepy. Just no, like, definitely not creepy at all. <laughs> Super not creepy. Um, so yeah, so I, I was a designer and I just thought I would design cute clothes in the back and in the front I would sell them and everybody would just come by. And you know what right. they did at first because they were my friends and family and then they stopped. Mm. So I had to figure out how to be a marketer, chop, chop. And putting a sign in the window and having a cool product just wasn't doing it. Mm. So I figured that out pretty freaking fast. I started a mailing list, Sarah. That was kind of my big thing. Like whoever came in on my mailing list and I freaking spammed them with postcards. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but I did send a lot of um, mail and um, invitations. We had events and all the things and I figured it out. Wow. So then, yeah, I ended up selling my line wholesale. I had a store for over 14 years. I was traveling all over. And after my second kid was born, I was like, I think I need to figure this out. Um, my son George was not super healthy. He had to have emergency surgery when he was four weeks old. Mm. And my world was just like rocked. I had a three-year-old. He just turned three and then a newborn. And I was like, who's going to do uh, Like, where's the nanny? You know, like I had a great <laughs> nanny, but like she couldn't kind of take over the surgeries for the right. kid. Right? That's not cool. Right. It's not in the nanny description. Yeah. No. So I wanted to be that person. So I decided to sell my um wholesale and retail store, which was great. And I started, uh, at first I thought I would stay home with the kids because I thought that would be easier. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like you at all though. <laughs> well, it's not easy. It was freaking hard as hell. Five weeks in, I was like, I got to get a job. I gotta get a job. <laughs> so I didn't know what I wanted to do because I really did think I would sell the business I'd had for almost 15 years. And I thought I would stay home and it was just too hard for me. And so I started doing retail consulting, open mm. buy planning, forecasting, um, inventory control and marketing. And I loved mm. it. And then I started designing and coaching um, other creative entrepreneurs um, with a focus really on how to get more sales, get more customers. I love selling stuff. I love helping people sell stuff. I love helping women make money. The mm. like, love it. So yeah, so now I have um, uh, a coaching business. Boy, I, I I think I've given you my whole life story. <laughs> basically, yeah, it's kind of evolved into um, being a business coach and doing online programs for creative entrepreneurs. Wow. Uh, you know, mostly we focus on content marketing, email marketing, and um, closing the sale, like online. Amazing. That is so cool. That is so cool. So talk to me about you. So you are such a good motivator. It's like when you talk to people, I've seen you coach, seen you coach live and in your podcast, you're just like, I understand what your problem is. Like you get to it. And I'm so curious, like, where did you pick that up? Because running retail, as I've now learned, (laughs) is so different from being able to guide people. And so I'm curious, where does that come from? Oh, that's a good question. I, I'm guessing probably just because I've had good coaches. Mm. Um, even when I had my retail store, I remember a guy walked in and he said, oh, how do you decide what inventory to buy? And I'm like, you know, like if it's cute, you know, I, I didn't have an answer for that, you know? Right. And he's like, so who plans your inventory? Uh, I do. And who this? And he's asking these questions. I didn't know what he's talking about. And I, he goes, well, I'm an, you know, a retail consultant. We do inventory forecasting. You know, if you sell, like I was selling like a million dollars a year in that store, which was awesome, which means I'm probably care- spending, you know, $500,000 a year on inventory. It's a big expense. And I was managing it all by myself. So this dude comes in and says, you're probably not doing a great job. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm doing a great job. <laughs> Can't you tell? And he goes, yeah, but what's this sale rack and the sale rack was gigantic I mean it was like eight <laughs> things and I was like oh that well yeah, ooh, ooh. so anyway I hired him that day once he pointed out the sale wow. rack, the money I was losing and so I all I kind of just hired coaches and consultants after the first like five years in business I realized 
I could probably do a better job if I had some smart people around me, <laughs> way smarter than me in certain areas. <laughs> so yeah, I think I just had good coaches and consultants and I kind of learned from them. Wow. But also, I, I feel like I have been through everything that mm. the other person's going through. I've been the retailer and the seller. I've been the coach and the coachee. And so if somebody comes to something, I've probably been through it. Um, and if I haven't, I usually don't coach on it because I don't know. Mm. You know like if Smart. somebody says I need help with, you know, whatever, TikTok, I'm not going to go take a TikTok class and then teach them what I learned. Like, I, I don't know how to use TikTok. Don't ask right. me. Right. That's for someone else. So I stay I stay in my lane. Mm-hmm. I've been coached by good coaches and some that aren't as, as good. And so maybe I think that helps. I do. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. When I first met you, I remember I asked you, I'm like, well, I'm thinking about a business coach. And then I was like, I'm also just thinking about like a life coach. And you were like, get both. <laughs> just stop asking. Just get both. There's no need to question that anymore. I think, it's, I think they're different. I mean, you can cross over. And the yeah. person can be helpful. I have both right now. Yeah. Right now. I, yeah. <laughs> I got teams of people. <laughs> we all need people. <laughs> we need people. We need experts. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> how often, how often do you like switch from expert to expert? <laughs> Obviously you don't. You can get through your life any way you can get through your life. Right. When you can thrive and you can do whatever. But there are times in your life when it is conducive to pay money to someone to kind of point out your blind spots that, you know, they're blind spots because you can't see them. And right. so, yeah, there have been times when I've had both at the same time and I'm totally fine with that. I love that. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, okay. So what are your personal tools as a coach in self-care routine to deal with your entrepreneurial crazy brain? <laughs> So it's funny because people are like, boy, you, you really are sometimes like in my head when you describe, you know, this. And I'm like, that's because I went through it yesterday. Okay. <laughs> so like people are like, well, you're the coach. And I think they think I've got it all together. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I don't have a certain amount together, but I'm just a little bit ahead or a little bit more practiced than my clients, honestly. Love and that. I have tools, right? <laughs> but um, gosh, self-care. I mean, how much time you got, girlfriend? It takes a lot to keep the shizzle together. Okay. Yeah, let's hear but it. The thing that I really rely on are um, exercise. And I'm not like a great exerciser, like hardcore, but I do believe in exercising by myself. Usually, even if that's walking, I run like silly little sprints. I do like 10 minutes of just like jump rope. Um, if I can't do stuff, I do calisthenics, like a dorky, like I'm going to get oh the God. presidential medal, you know, remember you, when you do the president's challenge in the gym. <laughs> mm-hmm. How does it go? Um, Bike rides are super helpful by Mm. myself. Um, Of course, I live in Chicago, so you can't always do it. So the things I rely on are exercise and meditation. Mm. And um, I've recently switched from a typical like guided meditation from Headspace to um, Transcendental Meditation, TM. Wow. Apples, oranges. Oh, my God. I like them oranges. Tell us about that. Crazy awesome. So I'm going to say it in the worst possible way. Like real TM people are going to be like, what the hell is she talking about? (laughs) Let's butcher it. (laughs) But the way I understand and the way that it's worked for me, it's only been like a month. Okay. And basically it's different in that they call it like, no, it's effortless. Like it doesn't take any effort. And I mean, I'm all for anything that has no effort. hundred (laughs) percent. I mean, come on. So when you do a a guided meditation like Headspace, which is an awesome app and it's great, um, you you focus on the breathing, you bring your attention back to something. With TM, you just repeat the mantra that you're giving for 20 minutes, basically. You don't have to be like focusing on your breath or focusing on this or don't bring those thoughts, like anything. You're just like mantra, 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 mantra. And I don't know how it works, but when I see the science behind it, they show a picture. Sarah, you would love this. The graphic <laughs> show a picture of like your brain and it's all effed up. And then they show you're crazy. It's crazy. Right. And then they show a picture of your brain after, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, when you've done a guided meditation and it's like 10% less crazy. It's not okay. And then they show a picture of when you do TM and something about what you're doing brings you down like way down here. 
like wow. calm and that you like your things just whew, they kind of refer it to as like uh in life you're like on the surface of the ocean you do regular guided meditation and you go just below the surface so you feel pretty calm but then when you do tm you're like down at the bottom of the ocean wow and then it takes a lot of hours to get back to, to the get back up Oh. Yeah. So it's, there's something to do with, okay. So all I can say is there's something to do with science and okay. it doesn't take effort. So I'm in wow. I'm and I've, I've loved all it. about that. I love yeah, that. I've loved it. And it, the barrier to entry is a little high. That's why I probably didn't do it years ago. Cause mm. I have friends who rave about it. But when I finally invested the money and the time and the four like specific classes, you have to do it this specific way. And it comes from like the Vedic tradition, similar mm-hmm. to like yoga and so it has a lot, a lot of history behind it and a lot of science and God damn, I love it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah, so I, cool. I wish I'd tried it sooner. I really, wow. I, I, I thought it was a little cultish or something. Like I didn't know, yeah. like why do I have to pay this money? Why do I have to go to a special person? Why do they have to give me a special mantra? Can't I just repeat like, Oh, 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 all day. <laughs> but I finally decided to just do it their way, the right way. And I, you know, it's, I love it. Yeah, that's so funny. You can rebel against it for so long, and then finally you're just like, it's time. <laughs> yeah, when I'm just <laughs> do this anymore. Like, yeah, exactly. And these are so much, but... yeah, desperate times. I love that. So, can you tell us about your mantra, or is that like really private? No, it's super top secret. Oh my god! Um, yeah, you know, and then and you can't tell anybody. And even if you like, we had to do during COVID, we had to do some of the classes online. She's like, you have to wear headphones. I'm like, there's nobody home. She goes, you have to wear. Headphones. <laughs> So secret. So the only thing that you that I can, I don't know. Again, I'm sure there's rules. I don't want to break them. But basically, it means nothing. It's it's a mantra. It doesn't have a meaning. Wow. So you repeat it. You don't think it's not like water, water, water or something. You know. It's just sounds. It's just words and sounds together. Just sounds. Oh my god! I love that. That is so cool. I love that. Amazing. That's, help, that's helping me. Exercise, meditation, and time away. Time away from my kids. Mm. Like I just texted my husband today, and I'm like, uh, "Do we have plans for the weekend? Because I'd like to go away by myself for a minute." <laughs> and I do that, you know, like you know, quarterly, every six months or so, and that really helps. Love that. Love yeah. that. And when you do that, are you also getting away from your business? Sometimes yes, sometimes not. Sometimes mm. I use it as like a working retreat. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes I use it as a like I need to go on lots of picnics and walk the beach and nothing. Yeah, nothing. you got picnics to get to. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> get to. <laughs> that was a line in one of our coaching sessions. I'm like, yeah, we don't need to work so hard. We got picnics to get to. <laughs> so funny because I hadn't even realized I'd said that. But I do. I love me a picnic. Yeah. I got a lot of picnics. Plan, you know? There we go. In your mind, you got to get to them. I love that. In my mind, yeah. <laughs> it's all in my mind. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to get it out. Uh, um, so I'm curious with your extensive background in retail. I'm curious, how do you see this industry relate to other industries? And I'm asking because I'm seeing you pivot your um, coaching program to not just be for retailers. And I feel like now having gone through having a retail company, which is now closing at the end of the week, very exciting, um, how that relates to other industries. Such a good question. So retail as we know it, like, I don't know, the past 40 years hasn't changed much. It's been like, hey, mom, let's go to the mall, right? And they have inventory and you can look around. And if you find something you like, you buy it and you leave. And that model hasn't really shifted at all. Like now some cool things are happening. You know, there's, you know, Bonobos or whatever that you can do. There's trunk club, like they've, they've, some companies have innovated, right. Where it's like a more of a showroom experience and you, you can look and then you can say, I want that. And they'll ship it to you. Obviously online, um, shop online, pick up, uh, Bopis, buy online, pick up in store. Like, so things are, are changing and what's also changed is fast fashion has just, you know, obviously become a huge thing. And it really wasn't like when I started my retail store and started my clothing line, it was 1992. Mm -hmm. And you, if you bought a shirt at Target, you sure as hell didn't tell anybody. Okay. (laughs) 
No, it was not. Like my sister actually worked for Target her first job out of school. And then she ended up becoming a vice president there in 25 years. Yeah, it was amazing. And I remember her saying, well, I don't let anyone know. Like it it was uncool. Fast fashion wasn't really a thing. And then it became a thing. And then everything has changed, right? And so I'm simplifying things, but the planet has changed whether our president agrees or not. it's not a flat earth eater either, by the way. Um, <laughs> Heads up. <laughs> I love, love helping people sell. Love it. Mm. And I love selling physical products. When somebody, like when you design something and somebody wears it and they tell you, oh my gosh, I went to this event and I felt confident for the first time in five years. Or I ran into my old boyfriend and I didn't even care because I knew I was rocking it. Like you are doing this amazing service for the world. It, you really are. Like it's, yeah. it's a tough thing for a young person right now to go into selling apparel or any physical product and not feel bad about landfills and more stuff. Right. Right. Now there's some people who just don't want to shop used. They don't want to go to vintage. They don't want to do that. Some people just need new stuff. Sometimes you just need something new for a specific reason. So I'm not against physical products. Don't get me wrong, but it's also become a challenge when you see how much stuff is out there and how much do we need here, right? Years ago, um, I got a call. I was sitting in my office at my retail store and I got a call and they're like, hey, this is Emily from NPR. And I was like, yeah, sure it is, Emily. No, it's Emily from National Public Radio. I was like, who is this? <laughs> I gave at the office, right? And she goes, we'd like you to do an essay for this, this I believe theory series. And I was like, what? How'd you find me? And they're like, we had a list of names and you're on it. I'm like, okay, I don't even know. But they have like taxi drivers and famous people on the list. And they said, we want you to do an essay of something you believe in. And I was like, oh, how corny is that? Like, I believe in happiness. I believe in love. Like, what am I going to talk about? Right. (laughs) And, but they gave me this really good editor who was like, we're going to make it good. It's not going to be trite. Right. And I'm up against like, you know, Gloria Steinem, like people who've done it real. And then like, and then again, seriously, like the guy that owns a diner, like all kinds of people. So then I was like, what do I believe in? What do I really believe in? Because I was really struggling with designing clothes. And I would come home from work and my husband, who's a DA, a prosecutor, Mm. he'd be like, I was like, how's your day, dear? And he'd be like, well, we put away a guy who dismembered his girlfriend's body and left it in eight sections. And I was like, good job. (laughs) They're like, we have it on video sawing the body up. I'm like, good job, honey. I sold a fabulous dress today and you should have seen the necklace and she got the shoot. Like, where do you go with that? How am I helping the world? Right? Wow. What the hell am I doing? So right. I had to have a real come to Jesus with like, my product does actually bring people joy and happiness and confidence. Right? I love that. At the same time, after, you know, this many years of selling physical products, I've been coaching for like 10, 11 years now. And I know how to get an audience for a service provider and I love it. So I decided, you know, my, my, my life coach is like, if you want to make a bigger impact, then do things that could make a bigger impact. And I'm like, well, I can't start talking about landfills if I'm trying to help people sell product, physical products. She's like, yes, you can. Of course you can. I'm like, well, wouldn't that be bad for business? She goes, who cares? It's honest. And I'm like, yeah, I know you're, you're right. So I decided, and then plus COVID and plus the homeschooling, dude, anyone who's listening or who's a parent, kids being home, I work from home. Like, why are they here? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> Where can I send them? I can't outsource that, okay? Yeah. So I got I to gotta, I gotta focus. And um, for me, that means doing less things, offering fewer programs. Wow. It's been really hard decision and really scary. Even after all these years, you'd think I like have it all together. And I do trust that it's going to work. And I am taking my own medicine that niching down is important and it is the key to success. And it's still really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm doing just the one program starting at the end of this month. Um, Mm. I'm literally going to cancel every other program that I have. I have a wow. few private clients. I will keep those. And then we will do a list builders membership, which is all about just helping people build an email list, 
use content marketing to get a bigger audience and convert that audience into buyers. That's it. Like wow. of all the things that I've taught over the years, starting a clothing line, you know, um, all kinds of different strategy, um, you know, cash flow, like all the things, inventory control. I'm just going to be teaching list building. Wow. I feel freaking great about it, but I'm also like, people are not super happy with me. Mm. Like anytime you do a big pivot, they're like, but I was paying you for two years for this program. Don't you want my money anymore? So it feels kind of, it feels awkward. It's a hard transition. Usually I talk about these types of pivots and transitions when they're over. (laughs) (laughs) I don't usually like to share that much in the moment. Oh my God. Tell us about it. Tell us everything. (laughs) Yeah. But like the, my coach is like, dude, if you want your people to go there, you got to go there. You got to be honest with them and tell them you're scared. Tell them you're worried about making up the income from these programs. Tell them all the things. Tell them like, well, what what the fuck if nobody buys? Like, I, I think they're going to, and they have proven to in the past. And I've been doing this so long and I still get the crazy brain. Wow. You'll get it. And then it's like, well, what if I niche? You know, I believe in niching narrow and I am niching narrow. It's just email marketing and content marketing. But now it's all entrepreneurs, not just product-based people. What if that's a mistake? Like all the crazy goes through your brain when you change. Wow. Your brain does not want you to change. Your brain does not want anything hard, anything new, anything perceived dangerous. Right. Which is why you've got all these tools, all the self-care, all the couches. You got a team. <laughs> well, you know, if I don't keep the things between the ears on task, it all falls apart. Right. Very quickly. if quick I lose other people, whoo, girl. Yes. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I have to focus on what I think is right. And then I'd have the couple people that I check in with to be like, is this crazy? I love and that. They, they'll tell me the truth. Like, Trusted people. Yeah. Yeah. That's so smart. I love that. Okay. So- for this narrow niche, how are you relating then? And this you kind of already hit on this. How are you relating selling as a service to all industries? Yeah, <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> I can't wait. The program. I can't wait. <laughs> so, here's the thing though, too. Here's the thing about like retail. Retail's changing too, right? And a lot of product people are doing a lot of different things and a lot of different streams of income. So my delineation between service provider, business coach, author, and product seller is really not that different anymore. Because wow. a lot of people who sell, like there's, there's a, oh, what's the name of it? They have Darling Jewelry. And now they're selling DIY tie-dye kits, right? Yeah. So like they tie-dye, they, they, uh, Danny Joe is the name of it. Okay. Beautiful stuff. Lovely. They've had the jewelry line forever. Then they started doing slip dresses and then tie-dye dresses. And now there's, they did tie-dyeing with their kids and they're like, well, let's sell tie-dye kits. And they are. So the idea of what kind of business you're in, I think like the rules are off, baby. Like off. Wow. wow. Yeah, like somebody, somebody came to me and she said, I'm doing this in this niche and I want to add this. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And she goes, you don't think it's too, um, you know, different. I'm like, it's the same people. They're going to buy your t-shirts that have, you know, goth theme. Or they're going to buy your goth dress-up class. Who cares? Wow. So it's the, the lines have blurred. And my clients have changed. They've been much more open to things before than, than ever before. How you so? Know? Yeah. Well, people, people before would be like, well, I'm a designer and this is what I do. And that's it. And now they're like, well, I could do this and I could try that. And they're down. Like they're wow. up for adventure. I'm having people... Just taking risks, like we're doing a 14-day video challenge. So many people, if, even if I did it last year at this time, they would be like, no, I'm good, or I'll just do screenshot videos. They, they wouldn't put themselves on video. We're all in this collective crazy town. And I find that it's freeing people up in ways that is just like amazing. Wow. You know, like, would you have pivoted if it wasn't COVID? Would no. I? No. no. I'd no. still be doing what I was doing, thinking everything's fine, which it was. Right, fine. right. But now I can't work that many hours anymore. I have to be present. I want to be present for the kids two days a week. And then I'm shuffling my kids off to another mom two days a week. We're doing a little pod thing. 
Nice. Fifth day, we're looking for like a teacher to, hello, teachers, call me. If you're out Uh, there. (laughs) uh, Eighth grade and through junior and high school. Hello. There we go. Be specific. Uh, Yeah. We want like a real teacher to like wrestle them, you know? Yeah. Um, And, and bitch slap them. (laughs) But like, if if I didn't have to narrow down, I wouldn't have. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, you know, uh, what is it? Create the mother of invention. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Desperation. Des- <laughs> Desperation, mother, creativity. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Like needing, needing something is the mother of invention. Like whatever it is, we'll look it up later and be like, Oh, of course that's the phrase. But, um, you guys try remembering phrases when you're on a live podcast. <laughs> Challenge accepted. COVID is the mother of invention. I'll tell you that. That is a hundred percent true. And it's changing things so rapidly. And I'm actually really grateful to it for pushing me to try all the new things with my business, my retail company, and then really kind of see the end of it not the end of it, end of it, but like see the trajectory and say, that's not for me. And I, I don't think I would have realized that if COVID had hit. I would have been you know, setting up booths at festivals all around California. And I would have just been sticking spaghetti to the wall to see what works (laughs) and not really focusing on the results. And instead I was home trying all the crazy things that Jane advised me to do, which were so fun and definitely would not have done that if she hadn't had suggested them. (laughs) I'm so glad. And now I'm like, okay, cool. That was fun. And I'm, I'm like on to the next. Yes. And you know, it gives you, I mean, nobody's thankful that COVID happened. It's like, no, that would be idiotic. And there are so many gifts that we can choose to take from it. Yeah. And you experimenting with your life and me having the courage or the desperation or whatever it is to finally, finally have the discipline to say, I'm only doing one thing, which means what my life is so much easier. When I make videos, I'm not talking about systems. I'm not talking about outsourcing. I don't have to talk about all the things. I don't have to stay up on all the things. I just need to know about my particular niche and help these particular types of entrepreneurs, which is any freaking entrepreneur who wants a bigger audience, right? Mm -hmm. And who gets that building your, you know, house on the rented land of social media is eventually going to be a problem. Um, But like, it's freed up so much mental space. Like I am calmer. I am. Wow. I, and still I haven't, I haven't solved the financial situation of, of the money that I was getting from those other, pro- other programs that has not been worked out yet. And it's almost like, I don't even care. Cause I know it's gonna work out. I'm going to figure it out. Do you trust that? I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, crazy. Wow. So you're doing less and eventually, hopefully you'll be making more. Well, when I write down the little back of the envelope numbers, it seems like it's going to work. Amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm not just like in love. Like I do write down the shit, but, but it hasn't, it, you know, I haven't had a chance to execute it yet, but I, I'm just going to believe it's going to work. And I also kind of believe I don't have much choice. Wow. That's real. Is a feeling I don't want to have anymore. And I always kind of tell people, they're like, well, what, what goal, where should I go with it? And I'm like, well, I don't know what goals you want, but I know the way to sometimes what helps me to figure out what do I want is to think about what experience have I been through that I never want to experience again. That was just a bad feeling. <laughs> like, so standing at an empty booth, trying to sell your stuff or mm-hmm. having people say that's too expensive, like whatever it is. That, you know, like for instance, one of my clients was like, I hate it when people come into my booth if they're selling at a show and they say, people actually pay this for this. Yeah. I mean, you've had that, right? Oh, yeah. And so, oh, harsh. And Way harsh. Like, oh, yes, they do. And so if she never wants to experience that again, what does she need to do? Well, in this case, it was redo your booth to look much more expensive. Mm-hmm. So not that many people walked in. It looked very luxury and fabulous. And only the fancy ladies came in less traffic, but more buyers. So smart. Yeah. So like the feeling I never want to experience again is feeling, oh my God, somebody needs to be schooling these kids and it shouldn't be me. How can I get like, what, what I'm working, like being annoyed with my children because they're in my house when they should be at school. Right. Ridiculous. Like 
guess what? COVID happened. Stop being resentful that your children live in your house. Like, <laughs> it's insane when you think about it. Like, I love them. I had them for a reason. Now, don't get me wrong. Mama don't want to homeschool. F all of that. But I'm going to do it. Right. But I'm going to do it by clearing my calendar and actually making it fun and making a schedule and, you know, having Zoom dance parties and like figure it out because like this is the reality. that we're Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You've come so to terms with it. Yeah. Most of our misery is caused by wishing things were different than they were. I love that. That's huge. I love that. That's so cool. I'm so curious, like what, what I'll realize very soon after that I wish were different or that I'm fighting against. That's just not, that I'm not accepting. I bet, I bet you'll start to notice it pretty quick. Yeah. Usually, usually it has to do with like, why is there popcorn on the floor again? Again. <laughs> I wish I didn't have teenage boys who were messy. Like they're going to be messy. Duh. (laughs) That's who they are. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, they're remembering to put away the milk. We're making some progress, but they're still leaving the popcorn on the floor. Okay. They're teenagers. Their brains not fully formed. I get it. Wow. Wow. It's so accepting. Very accepting. Well, (sighs) otherwise I just make myself miserable. Right. Like if if you insisted that you had to do that Kate business. Like in there's so many things that you could you could be doing, Sarah, that you're not. Like you have pivoted. You have embraced the change. Oh yeah, but it, it was so hard. It was so hard to get there. And the idea yeah. that I had to do it was just stuck in my brain. Yeah. Stuck there. So did you feel like you had no choice, basically? I felt like I had put, and you know what it was? It was I had invested so much time into it. And like, because I basically for two years or a year and a half had two jobs. And so when it was like this, clearly I can't figure out a way to make this um, legit profitable. And this isn't bringing me joy anymore. I was like, but why, but but I couldn't possibly get off the train. Like I was on a high speed train and I like could not get off. And I was like, by the time I just was doing that, the Kate business, I was already so resentful towards it because I had been spending all of my extra time on it. So it's like when people say, pick the thing that you really love that you'll do anything for, holy shit, they really mean it because that, that's the real, that's the real, real, like that's, you need to love it so much that even when you've put so much time in, you're not resentful for it. That's kind of how I feel anyway. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I can't remember. You're the psychiatrist that was just in the group Dr. meeting. Scott. Dr. Scott. Dr. Terry, yeah. Amazing. He recommended right. to everyone read um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And I'm reading it and I'm like sobbing. You guys, it's so intense. It's about um, being a refugee or a... Um, uh, internment camp at Auschwitz. It's a psychologist that um, lived. He lived, which is crazy. Like it was, you turn left, you die, you turn right, you live. And it like it, this moment happened every single day. And he talks about um, kind of what got him through it and faith um, and something bigger was kind of the answer. And I was like, why the fuck does Dr. Scott want us to read this book? Like it is so right. dark. It is so dark. And at the end, I was like, oh, because when you're starting a business, and please don't take this out of context, anyone, I am not likening starting a business to the Holocaust, but starting a business is so intense that if you have your North Star, the rest of the bullshit is just going to not become easy, but it won't become as intense or be- as like big of a mountain. That's kind of how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, so that was my dad's favorite book, right? So like growing up, I read that when I was a kid What? <laughs> and then read it again in college twice. And then I just read it again, like last year. Okay? Oh my God. I know. And I was like, I was reading it to find my meaning in life. Wow. I was like, Oh, man's future meaning. They're going to give me my meaning. Okay. I've read it four times. I still haven't gotten it out of the book. They don't give you the meaning for life, but they, which I keep thinking it's gonna, right? <laughs> I love so that. Because he is like a psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I definitely read it the first three times to be like, but what, but why? You why? Know, and, what is the answer? Well, come on now. I've read you three times. What the hell? Like your Netflix, <laughs> I tie it up with a bow. Let's go here. Um, <laughs> it was so interesting. Cause he's like, yeah, if you have like, you know, somebody had a reason that they wanted to stay alive. And so then every shitty thing that happened to them while at Auschwitz 
they somehow were able to bear because of it. And I don't think it's, I, I, I know what you're saying, that it's, it's obviously running a business is not like being in a concentration camp, duh. You've chosen to run a business, it's a business. But it feels so awful sometimes. Awful. <laughs> Horrible. That if you don't have like, here's why, really, really. Yeah. It becomes way easy to give up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like little things become so important, even though they shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that is wild. Yeah. She used to, my dad was a crazy, interesting person. He was a very spiritual guy. And um, we would meditate as a family when I was in the 70s. What? Oh, yeah. He led us, he would lead us through meditations. My mom was a therapist. Like she was all down. We, I, dude, I meditated. So this is Minnesota, Minneapolis in the late 70s early eighties probably. And, um, my eighth grade teacher had us meditate as a class on the floor together. Brad Vovis, Mr. Vovis. So Minnesota. Wow. Bunch of hippies. Wow. Yeah. We were mostly Chicago people, but we lived there for a while. And, um, yeah, it was pretty fascinating because it was just like everybody on the floor. We're going to do our meditation. And then I found out like other people, like you don't meditate with your dad. Like You're like, oh, this is my pose, my meditation pose. <laughs> this is my mantra. I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> I can't tell you what it is. Yeah, now I've really upped the game. Yeah, for reals. <laughs> I, I do remember thinking like, what is this meditation thing? My dad's so into it. He guided us through the whole thing. Like your hair, this, like all the way down. It took like however long, forever as a kid to get down to your feet. And now your toes and you're relaxing your toes. And um, we're all laying there, my whole family, six of us. And he goes, and now you are completely and utterly relaxed. And the dog, Saint, goes, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like as soon as he said it, the dog, the dog was like, you are relaxed. <laughs> was, we all just died. But I was like, yeah, even the dog feels even it. The dog, I love that. That's <laughs> real. Okay. So you. Clearly had progressive parents. That is so cool. I love that. Why on earth were you reading this book as a child? I don't know. Cause my dad was cool. He's funny and hilarious and danced weird. And wow. He was like, I was, he and I just had long discussions, deep discussions about, I don't know, like the color red and like, who knows what. I love that. He was a wow. The PR guy. So he wrote for a living, but then he would write. And so we just both had like creative stuff we like to do. And he's reading it. And I thought that's what you just do. You pick up what your dad's reading. Like, wow. I and it was so yeah. serious. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. My mom serves, you know, chicken. I eat chicken. My dad reads that book. I eat that book. Like, I don't yeah, know. Totally. Totally. And now here you are <laughs> yeah. still not understanding your, <laughs> your true purpose. How many times can I read that book till it gives me the answer? <laughs> but that makes me feel so much better because every time I think I've got my purpose that I'm like, I don't know. And so I'm always, I, you know, I'm always searching. So to hear that someone like you who I feel like has got it all figured out is also searching. That just makes me feel better. One of the worst things I ever had to do when I was getting coached was write my obituary. Oh my God. <laughs> terrible. But I, and I was like, I'm just going to skip that part, but I don't want to be that student. Right. 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 I'm going to do these things. So I had to write my obituary. How did it go? It was awful. I was like, Aww. um, and then she worked a lot and then she <laughs> went on bike rides and then she wished her kids would get back to school. Like I, did, I was, it was just awful. And so, so you know, I, I, I was just, it made me think like, what, where's this going? What, right. what am I doing? Cause you want it to be like, she was a dear friend and she brought food to the homeless. And like, I don't know what other people <laughs> say, you know, mine wasn't saying any of that shit. Oh my God. <laughs> and I hated the lady who made me write it. I was like, this is the dumbest exercise. <laughs> I'm still doing it. <laughs> but you know what? I, yeah. I'm super like, I'm not suggesting everybody go do that right now. Cause it might put you in a bad place. And we are in the middle of COVID. But at the same time, I want to be a person who doesn't complain about things. Oh. And so if I'm resentful of stuff, if I'm resentful of the kids being home, if I'm resentful of too many clients or these people don't appreciate my work, like what's that? What? Come on. We don't have that much time. Right. This right. Life. Do yeah. around like, that. like figure your shit out. 
So you either are grateful to be doing it or you don't do it anymore. Yeah. But look how hard that was for you to make that pivot. Like that was so hard. That's not easy. Once you do it, you're like, well, of course, of course I sold my store off when I was 40. Right. Right. But when you're in it, it is so hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's like it from, it took months from the decision to the actual like first writing of the, I'm closing my business email. And I just thought I could kind of put it off forever. (laughs) And then I was like, you know what? This has got to, it's time. It's got to go. You know, somebody I I read recently, I think it's Brooke Castillo. She's a life coach. Mm -hmm. She said something like, if change is uncomfortable for you and you're having a hard time, change faster. Then your discomfort will be shorter. Wow. Because once you made the decision, you started moving forward in the new direction. How did you feel? So much better. Oh, so much like lighter, lighter. I was just like, and everyone's like, but how do you feel? Like all my friends. And I'm like, I feel fucking great. Like I have zero regrets about this. They're like, I know it's hard. Yeah. They're like, but I know it's hard after you make the decision and everything. I'm like, no, no. Like this is the best decision ever. So yeah. Quicker. That's quicker. Any decision. That indecision period sucks. Yes. Yes. I mean, Tom Petty sings about that, right? Yeah. The yeah. Waiting is the hardest part. It is. He knows. That was so beautiful. He, he knows things. He knows. Yeah. He knows. Or he knew. Yeah. But he meditated as a kid. Oh, for sure. And <laughs> with his band. Down there in Jacksonville, Florida. I bet he did. <laughs> oh, my God. I bet he popped a few, uh, you know, pills while he was in food. <laughs> you got to really relax, you know. <laughs> he and Saint were all in. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, okay. Well, you're all about mindset for entrepreneurs. I've learned so much for you about this. Um, I found this to be very helpful with my previous business and now with my new business. Can you share some mindset tips with us? Yes, I can. And I do think the... So here's a perfect example. This morning, I get on a call with a woman in France. She's a client, a private client. I don't have that many private clients, but I still have a few. And I, and I do love it. And this is so typical. She says to me, okay, well, uh, it's been super busy and I'm still tying up my old job. She's mostly full-time in this job, but not quite. You know, she still has a bridge job. And I went, I went on a last minute vacation, so I didn't get a lot done. And I've had my best month ever. And I was like, whoa, whoa. What does you just say? I've had my best, best month ever so far. And it's only, there's still six more days of the month. Um, but she just wanted to get to all the things that weren't going perfectly. Mm. And so what I did with her, here's a mindset tip. I said, wait a sec. All these things are seemingly effed up. You didn't do it right. You went on a four-day vacation where you did nothing that you didn't know was going to happen. You got this extra client for your regular, your side job, blah, blah. It's your best month ever. So I made her close her eyes and sit. It was super uncomfortable at first. Um, I made her close her eyes and sit and repeat my best month ever. Her own little mantra. This is my best month ever. (laughs) And I didn't want to peek at her to see what she was doing because I wanted to be cool, you know. Um, But so a few, and I said, and now think about what last year at this time was like. It was not your best month ever. And now think about the possibility for next year. Mm-hmm. And, she, and so I said, just close your eyes and repeat. Oh my God, this is my best month ever. So sitting with your wins, sitting mm-hmm. with what's going right and repeating it to yourself builds your confidence. And if we build our confidence, then we do more stuff. And the biggest mistake that I see is people just don't do stuff. Yeah. They talk about doing stuff. They think about doing stuff. They're going to send an email. They don't send that email. It's not perfect yet. I have to have my friend proofread it. A week goes by. They didn't do it. All this bullshit. So sit with your wins. Write down how fucking amazing you are and the things that you actually accomplished. I don't care if it's I sent an email in three minutes when it usually would have been 30. Boom. Winning. Okay. Protecting your confidence as the entrepreneur is huge. And if you get little wins of things that you accomplish start to finish, it builds on itself. And then you'll just be doing harder and harder things. Okay. One of my clients, she just texted or texted, but she sent a note saying, I did it. I did my very first video. I am on top of the world. So doing the things is not always about the result you got. Like she didn't get a sale from her first video, but she faced the 
fear and uncertainty and she knows video is what's going to help her business and it is and she did it. So that's a huge win. And you need to sit with them and let them wash over you the same way you sit with the shame or the embarrassment or all the things that I do wrong and make mistakes. Like you sit with it for a minute, you sit with it longer than you want to, but then you just, you know, you don't sit with the wins. Mm. All right. So sit with the wins. The next thing is seriously short memory, like be a quarterback. You know, when somebody, um, when you, when you get knocked down, and you take a huge punch and you feel like the, the reporters are saying, wow, he really didn't know that was coming. Oh, <laughs> what an idiot. That terrible quarterback. He gets up, that dude, and or, you know, Serena Williams, whatever, gets back up and just serves the next one, just goes. If they really sat with, oh, my God, I might get punched in the face, they wouldn't do it. Right. So, so talking to yourself rather than listening to yourself is super wow. Oh, I right. love that. Yeah. So short, short term, be a quarterback for sure. Sit with your wins. Talk to yourself instead of um, uh, listening to the voices in your head because they're all going to talk smack, right? Oh yeah. And then you can be like, oh, there's my brain trying to keep me safe from like a mammoth or a tiger if I got out of the cave. But guess what? I live in San Francisco now. No one's actually going to kill me. It's just a video or a podcast I have to tape, right? Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. And then the last thing is is my motto of life. Done is uh, perfect is good, but done is better. One and of my favorite phrases. So much. Because I think I'm not that person, but I find myself slipping into it all the time. All the time. Like, the, like I have a video I want to send out today announcing again, just in case you didn't get the memo. Hey guys, this program's closing. This one's open for you now. This is what we're, this is the direction. Come with us. And I'm like, I better retape that video because in the beginning I say it's closing this date, but now it's this date. And that's keeping me from like sending that email all day. Wow. So stupid. Cause all I have to do is like say, Oh PS in the video, it says this date, but it's really this date. Like, right. all, it's like a super quick fix. But I literally said to Julio, I have to retape the video. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait a minute. I could even put like a pop-up on the video. Like I could, you know, like, like apps have happened where you can put like a right. thing. You know? Right. I love that. <laughs> just like that. So catch yourself. When are you doing things because you just think it's the quote right thing to do when really you could get that shit done like today if your standards weren't so ridiculously high. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. This quote has gotten me so far in life. Seriously. Seriously. I've stopped being the 100 percenter. I'm down to like a solid 70% now. Yeah. I used to, my, that was my goal for 2019, 86%. No, it's, 2018. And I, then I put it down to 72. I think I'm with you. I might go 70. Why not? Why not? It doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, you look, you're a person who did two full-time jobs, really, for how long? So you're a hard-ass, baller, badass, type A personality workhorse, obviously. 100%. And most of the people listening are. Not a bunch of slack-offs, you know, listening to the podcast. or people who are, like, trying to do things and make their lives better and try to make the business go. So your 70% is somebody else's 96 sister. Wow. And so if you do 70% and then you're like, oh, okay, I need to edit it. This person's got to edit it. She'll do 70% of her best. Come back to me. I do 70% 10 minute fix up. I like 98% right there. There we go. There we go. Smart. So smart. Yeah. And the house is not going to burn down because you didn't do it perfectly. No, it's not going to burn down, but it'll still be there. <laughs> or you'll add more things on. Yeah. And it feels like it's going to burn down though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Coming, um, I used to be in fundraising and sending an email that had an, a grammatical error was like the end of days for me, every job I've ever had. And so I have this ingrained in my brain that like I can't send an email with one tiny little mistake. And of course, what did I do when I first started? All my emails had so many mistakes. <laughs> like the links were wrong and <laughs> some like some of them sent without like I didn't realize it. So they were just drafts. Like it was oh. messy. Oh, girl. I did that yesterday. I sent the email <laughs> out thinking I was editing it and it sent. And I'm like, well, okay. Well, I guess you got that version. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, some of the writing is purple and some is in a weird font. 
and they were, and they still got it. <laughs> and now people are thinking about me. So <laughs> we're not reading it that closely. Too, no. you get grammar police too. I'm sure you guys, oh, yeah. anyone listening, if you're sending out an email for work and you get somebody sent back to you, let it that it says a typo in it. Here's what I would do. Somebody said that to me recently. She goes, blah, blah, blah. You, you know, I really appreciate your stuff, but I just want to let you know that you sometimes have typos like this one. And I was like, thank you so much for your keen eye for detail. I just made $3,800 from that email, so I think it worked out okay. <laughs> I think it's fine. Thank you. <laughs> Eventually, I just got tired of it. And I was like, okay, thanks a lot. And it didn't thank matter, you. did it? Thank you. And it's not important. Exactly. It didn't matter. It just didn't matter. No, I printed out postcards once back when you could go to a trade show. I printed out postcards that said perfect is good, but done is better. And I did it last minute on Canva sideways because I couldn't figure out the template like this and I didn't have a graphic designer. Yeah. (laughs) Printed at Staples in one hour. I pick them up. Crappy quality, whatever. Cute colors. Perfect is good, but done is better is like this. It's like a quarter inch off. <laughs> it is hysterical. And I'm kind of like, oh my God, that's brilliant. And it, it almost like I did it on purpose. It looks, yeah, it's so spot on. I love that. <laughs> so when I go to meet people, I'm like, oh, here, take my postcard because this is my motto. And they look at it and they're like, oh, great. And I go, do you notice anything about it? They're like, no, it's great. No, do you notice anything? And they're like, oh. It's off center. I'm like, uh-huh. And did you even notice? They didn't even notice. They didn't even notice. Oh my God. Just get it printed. I love that. <laughs> so on brand. And it was sideways. <laughs> like, of course it wasn't centered because the type was this way. Because they're like, you're out on Canva and it's like midnight. That <laughs> is too good. <laughs> I love that. Best show ever. Of course it was. Of course it was. Because who cares? No one cares. No one cares. They just, yeah, I love that. So what suggestions do you have for someone that has an idea for a business or is just starting out? So here's the thing. You probably have lots of different ideas for businesses. Like, I don't know if, if that's true, but what I find is people have lots of different ideas for businesses and they come and go. Did you have that, Sarah? Oh yeah. Or not oh yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Still. And then so, as soon as I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. then I got like 20 new business ideas. Yeah. Right. And that, which is great, but it can make you crazy and it can make you not know which one to choose or what to do. So I would do what I call the crossover exercise. And I would write down, you just take a sheet of paper, you turn it sideways and you make, you know, three columns on the left hand side, you write down without any regard to actually making money or a business model, you write down all the things I love to do. I love to read. I love to go on picnics. I love to tickle my dog. Uh, You know, whatever. I love to run. I love to drink wine, like all the things. Okay. And then on the right hand side, you write down what people will pay for. Okay. So let's say you write down, I love to drink wine. Okay. And you're like, hmm, not really sure how to make a business out of that. I don't want to be a sommelier. Like, what do I do? And then you notice I like to travel. Okay. Well, people do pay for wine tours in the south of France or, you know, San Francisco area, like anywhere. Um, what do I like to do? I like to read. Okay. What do, what, what do people pay for? They pay for book editors. They pay, like, what do they, what do they pay for? Is there a crossover between what I like to do and what people pay money for? So one lady's like, I like to make really, really expensive, beautiful dresses, like handmade. And we're like, okay, who pays for that? Where does where does this happen? And she's like, well, society ladies in Houston going to the ball, um, wedding dresses, like you just really like um, bespoke things for like princesses and you know like the chic and whoever yeah. comes around with the chic, you know, like so yeah. she really wrote that all down. Wow, and it was like I can see these people would give zero shits about the money. And then she made a decision to actually do bridal, but in a, a really different, special kind of way. And Mother of the Bride, where she wow. did like a business that was um, like 90% production. And then post-production, she you could um, 
um, make it for you, you know, customize things, but it didn't cost as much. So it made her just get super creative. How can I do what I think is so ballin? And where do people pay? Where does that come? Because if you're just doing something that you love to do, and you're not making money, that's not going to work. I, I think of it like a three-legged stool. So if you're going to get started with a business, do you have all three things? Are you number one, filling up yourself? Like it fills me up. Like I think it's cool what I'm doing. It's a really cool thing. Number two, fills them up. You're serving the world. You're serving the planet. You're serving the client in some way. And number three, monetize at the same time. And if you only have two, if you're serving yourself and the client, but it's not making money, if you're making a ton of money and you're serving them, but you hate it, like it's not going to work. So I think you need all three things. And I think the barrier to entry to start a business is, is lower than it ever has been before. Wow. So if you want to start something, you're not sure what, like, God, I I struggled this so badly when I first started coaching. I mean, I pivot my niche all the time. You know, not all the time, but, um, but I, I finally, I had a coach, Kathy Wagner from retail mavens. She was my business coach at the time. She said to me, I am so sick of you. She literally said to me, I am so sick of hearing you complain that fashion designers have no money. And which is such a, a fake false belief that I had at the time. And she said, you either need to figure that out or get out of the business. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I did not speak to her for three weeks. I was, <laughs> and then I was like, <laughs> I, I was just like, um, yeah, I have to cancel today's session because I hate you. Okay? <laughs> and so she's one of my best friends now, but at the time she was my coach and, um, she still is my side coach. But, um, so basically it was like, you're in or you're out. If you're like, Yes, I'll sell these things to these people, but they're never going to pay me anyway. That's kind of how I was doing it. And she said, look, you need to commit for 90 days. You're in or out. And that is your main focus for the next 90 days. And you take all of these other business ideas, things you could do, which were many, and you just shelve them for 90 days. And I was like, dude, I'm going to get bored. Like, I always have to have lots of business ideas, lots of things going because that's how I am. I'm creative. I bet there's a bunch of people like shaking their heads right now. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to get so bored. She goes, all right, if you really think you're going to get bored, take four days a week to only focus on these designers and just get over, get over your nonsense about they don't have any money. And then maybe one day a week to, to play with the other ideas. I go, no, that's just worse. I'm just going to stick with 90 days. I'm going to be all in on this niche and see what happens. And it exploded. It went from being a struggle to I'm all in for 90 days. I may as well put my work here in my brain energy and people responded and they bought from me. Whereas wow. I felt like it was a struggle before. Maybe, I don't know if it's the energy they knew I wasn't all in. They knew I was dabbling with different things. You know, it's like I entered it with like this kind of pure heart of like, I'm all in for 90 days. That's it. I can do anything for 90 days. And boy, by like 60 days, I was like, Kathy, this is a miracle. This is brilliant. It's totally working. <laughs> All I had to do was actually focus on one niche, you know, I didn't believe her. I didn't believe it. I thought she was being so mean to me and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. That's amazing. I love that. Such good advice. Yeah. It's only 90 days, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) And and keep a file or a, a, a swipe file of all your other ideas that are great and probably would work if you gave them the energy they deserve or need. Um, so keep a swipe file, keep a bin, you know, whatever you need to do to keep all your good ideas in a place for if in 90 days you do want to pivot, no right. problem. But you gave it a solid 90 days to really focus on one thing. It really, <sighs> it's, it's been huge for me. It, it Love that. Love yeah. that. So cool. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? You know, you know the only thing I would say is that I've kind of told you what I'm like. Sarah's amazing. Like I, I, I've had a lot of success in business. I've been on CNN. I've been on, you know, I've been selling to Saks, Macy's. I've, you know, been on in Entrepreneur Magazine, like really cool stuff, right? And so people might think, oh, well, Jane, you know, she's whatever. But I am so, so exactly the same as you. 
Like there is nothing special about me at all. I was never the smartest one. I was never, never the most creative person. I was never anything, any different than you, everybody. I'm not shitting you. And, and I know that people think, well, it's easy for you because you're outgoing. No, I'm not. I'm outgoing when I have a stage, okay? When I have a stage and people are like be over there and there's a microphone, I'm good. But when they come up and talk to me in person, I'm a hot mess. So like, <laughs> like, I'm not even extroverted, really. I just get excited <laughs> to have an audience, but I can only talk at them, right? So like whatever you're thinking is might hold you back. I didn't have any money. I didn't have 28 cents to rub together when I got lucky to get a loan from my uncles. Like all the things, there's nothing different about you. I'm just a little bit ahead of you. And I just figured it out and I just decided I wasn't ever, ever, ever going to stop. I never wanted to get a job. I never wanted to have that feeling again of a boss. And so that's kind of why I didn't stop. And then once I realized I could help women make money, I was like, I'm all in, baby. This is really fun. But um, mm. yeah, you, you, you can do it. Whatever it is you want to do, I really think you can do it. Whoever I love that. Yeah. Do, like everybody. I love that. That's huge. That's amazing. Yeah, you make the hard decisions and you just keep doing it. And then eventually you're going to be like, oh, I did that 90 days in a row. And look at me. I'm never turning back. Never turning back. And here's my thick stack of business ideas (laughs) for years down the road. (laughs) I have have them. I'm not acting on them, but I keep them just in case. Just in case. You never know. I love that. And things things might change. You never know. We might have another COVID. Amazing. Yeah. Well, this is amazing. Well, Jane, thank you so much for being on our show today. Um, Can you share with us how our listeners can um, find you on social media or online? Yeah. So head over. I am really big into giving my email subscribers special cool stuff. So if you want to be on the email list, go to janehamill.com slash hello and get on the list and that'll be cool. And then I have a podcast, the Jane Hamill podcast, where we do marketing and selling tips um, and strategies and mindset stuff every week. Usually they're pretty short um, these days. (laughs) Although now with my new pivot, I might have a little more time. Um, And then, uh, yeah, like Instagram is at Jane Hamill shy, C-H-I, and Facebook is Jane Hamill's Business Brain Academy. I love anything to do with business and helping you make more money. So if you have questions, you can always, you know, pop them up on social, hit me in the DM. You know, if I can help you with your business in some way, let me know if you want to, you know, it's not expensive to join list builders. It's $49 a month. We will teach you how to get an audience. Like it's super fun. So many nice people that might be a way to work together as well. I love that. Yeah. It's a good crowd. I'm excited. Cool. Ah, well, thank you, Jane. I really appreciate it. Totally my pleasure. Awesome. That's it for today's episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review. Hit subscribe to keep up with new episodes and pass it along to a friend. Thanks again for joining. I hope you'll come back for more. In the meantime, check out sarahcohan.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com.